Hi guys, and welcome back to Geeks and Gamers uh, podcast, season two. This week we're going to be covering Comic-Con uh, from San Diego, and we've got a few topics this evening, so looking at Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad, Deadpool, X-Men, and then we'll see if we've got time for some TV programs as well. So we'll start off with the Batman vs Superman. Scott, what did you think? Yeah, very exciting. Um... I'll be honest, unlike many Batman fans, I didn't have a problem with Ben Affleck being announced, um, and I was really quite encouraged by what I've seen from him. I think it'll be interesting to get Dan's perspective on uh, the new Batman when he comes around. Um, I'd, I I don't know, for me, Ben Affleck, and I've spoken to a lot of Batman fans that were critical, and I think that brief synopsis that we've seen, the brief portrayal of him in the trailer is, is going to change a lot of people's opinions. I thought he struck that perfect balance of moody versus action, uh, that sort of... He's very different to Christian Bale's Batman, and I'm really looking forward to what he's seen. But the thing that probably excited me most on the trailer was Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex Luthor. I cannot wait to see what he's going to do with it, because that brief, brief clip that we've seen of him... It's perfect balance of maniacal, of lovable. Uh, I really just can't wait to see what we're going to see from him going forward. Um, I wasn't really a fan of Man of Steel, but I did like Henry Cavill, so I'm looking forward to seeing what else he's going to do in Batman vs. Superman. What about yourself, Eleanor? Because I know that you'd not seen much of it. Well, to be perfectly fair, I've been busy, um, and today was the only day that I've actually managed to sit down and watch anything that's come out of Comic-Con. As always, this is the film that I've been looking forward to most out of everything that's been uh, talked about. Now, I, I I say I knew Henry Cavill like like he's my pal or whatever, but I've known of his acting since I saw him in The Tudors, and he impressed me right from there. So when I knew he was going to do Man of Steel, I was eagerly anticipating that. Now when I see him in this, of course I'm going to be happy. When it comes to Batman, I always appreciate looking at the different actors because Batman has been portrayed by so many different actors and when I'm not gonna lie when Ben Affleck was announced as Batman I was a bit apprehensive at first I couldn't see past Christian Bale now since I've seen the first sort of teaser trailer and then this trailer I'm really really happy with what I've seen so far I think like Scott said he has that perfect balance of moody and um what was the word Scott used? What did you use, Scott? I think I used something crap like uh, moody and action or something to that effect. But <laughs> well, I was kind of caught up in a fanboy moment. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would agree with that statement there. Um, I do find it interesting, as Paul mentioned to me earlier, trying to explain what I'd seen in the trailer, that it seems to be going directly on from the end of Man of Steel. And it's very interesting to me to finally see Superman as not some sort of guy who is above the law, that he needs to account for his actions. And destroying the buildings in a city is not going to leave everyone with uh, no injuries. There's going to be some fatalities. And the fact that he's now having to atone for this, I think, is excellent because it, it sort of makes it, not that superheroes are real, but it sort of makes it feel more real and more people in this growing comic book age can now relate to what they're seeing and they're not just going, oh, well, that's a load of crap. That would never happen because I'm I'm terrible for that when I see a science film and I go, oh, well, that doesn't work. You can't just do that. That would never work. You can't just analyse it like that and come up with 
whatever. You also do it with TV shows as well. Yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> CSI is a load of rubbish, no. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really, really happy with what I've seen and I'm really looking forward to seeing the whole thing now. I mean, I just want it to be out so I can properly enjoy it. Right. And what about yourself, Dan? Because, well, Scott, Scott was making a few points at what you were saying earlier. Have you got anything against what either Scott or Eleanor was saying? Uh, first, I want to address the elephant in the room. I don't like Ben Affleck. I never will like Ben Affleck, and no one can change my mind. It's because you're a non-geek. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but from watching the trailer last week, I do have to say that he's not looking as bad as I thought he would in the role. Like that he's he's doing this as an older Batman and he's not trying to pull off like a younger man because he's not young at all. Uh, I like that they're doing the dark. They're sorry, they're um, taking elements from the Dark Knight Returns and putting it into the movie. Uh, I like the new bat suit. I didn't like it when it was just in uh, pre-production without all the animation and crap on it, but now I like the look of it. I'm looking forward to the film. I like I like Henry Cavill's Superman. He's much better than Christopher Reeves, in my opinion, because I didn't like Mr. Perfect running around the place, slipping, acting like, you know, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, probably the thing that excited me the most out of that trailer was seeing Jason Todd's suit hung up in the Batcave, because that most likely means Red Hood is going to show up somehow in the DC Universe. But that's my two cents. It was a nice nod to the comic as well, actually. Uh, the suit hanging up in, in his in his lair, if you will. And w- was that including the um, writing on the across the suit, or was that? Yeah, I didn't understand that bit. Can someone explain that to me? What bit? The the suit that had all the writing on it. Oh, that was Joker. What? Who'd written on it? Yeah, he was taunting Batman after killing Red Jason Todd. Sorry. Right. So Batman killed Red Hood? No, no, no Joker no. killed Red Hood. Oh, right, okay. Clearly I'm a, a comic book noob when it comes to this sort of stuff. <laughs> and Steph, what did you think of it all? That trailer won me over with Ben Affleck topless. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, any superhero thing that like, shows the, the male protagonist as topless when oh, you well, were... <laughs> I'm greedy here. <laughs> no, um, I'm not a massive Batman fan. I'm not a massive Superman uh, fan, but that trailer looked quite impressive, and it's definitely a film I will watch. I don't know much about the Batman universe, because, you know, I watched The Dark Knight, and I was like, meh. So, oh, um, you're getting shot. So, um, yeah. She's I, not I, the only person that thought Dark Knight was meh. Yeah, so Oof. I will I'll give it a watch, because it seems interesting, like, and seeing what you guys said, it does seem like a more interesting film, so it is one I would likely watch, but... And it's because it got Ben Affleck in it. So. <laughs> so that was my very geeky input. <laughs> right, so I'll, I'll take a bash at the, um, the trailer. I, I really enjoyed the trailer. I liked the sort of concepts that, as Eleanor mentioned, it's a continuation from Man of Steel uh, for sort of Warner Brothers to build the DC universe. I like the fact that uh, there was little nods to the older films as well. I personally, I really enjoyed uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman because I watched that from a very young age and watched all four of them. They got worse as they got on, but the one thing that I do like about this is, and with them making him as more of this alien rather than a superhero and 
the way that uh, he is being accountable, he's looked at as a god from certain aspects that you see from the trailer, and but then he's standing in front of a court as well. It's making him more relatable rather than just this, as Dan says, this Mr. Perfect. He's not, he, he does have flaws that he destroys the place. But overall, it's something to look forward to. Also, to add in there to what you said there, Paul, yeah. it's interesting how he was so concerned about taking Zod's life, yet ransacked a city, killing much more people. Yeah, I think I think what they tried to do within Man of Steel, though, was the fact of having the fight going on during the same and within the same area that the city was getting destroyed. So he, there's an expectation that people are already evacuating because part of the city is getting destroyed by this alien ship that was terraforming the planet. Mm, okay. So that that was what they tried to show that there wasn't much um, civilian casualties within the first film, but within the second film, it's actually now showing that yes, there actually was these civilian casualties, and this is now what has to happen in order. And clearly, that Ben Affleck's um, Bruce Wayne has had a personal loss from mm-hmm. that as well. Um, he'll have known people within the Wayne buildings, and that's why he's looking to take his uh, vengeance out. I have a question. Yep. You've made the Joker knows who Batman is because he gets a letter from someone uh, on an article about the destruction of Wayne Tower in Metropolis and it's, ta- you know, taunting him. And there's only one person I can think of who would do that. and Well, two, maybe, if Red Hood does exist. The but... father did it. <laughs> the, the th- out of what you're saying, it's, we're looking at... Um... Sort of Joker. We know that the Suicide Squad is coming up, so I I would probably try and stay away from the Red Hood idea. I would probably say it is more the Joker that has all these ideas. Also, looking at the style of the writing is very iconic of any writing that you've ever seen in relation to Joker. So Joker knows who Bruce Wayne is then. There is a high chance. I can't confirm that until we see the film, and you probably won't even find out within that film who's done that. It might be, uh, they might take something like what they do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and is put a end, cre- uh, end scene credit, or end credits, yeah. either or, and show the Joker r- just running away laughing, for instance. <laughs> do- doing something like that, and then there is that point. The other thing is, because the one of the villains that we do see is Lex Luthor, how do we know it? Not know it's like so. There, especially within this tech technology technology age, could there be something in that? But I think uh, that is actually a good point to uh, jump on to the Suicide Squad. Within uh, that, there seem to be a lot of different um, aspects. There's been a ton of pictures released from set, and it was a leaked uh, footage from what we did see at Comic Con. Scott, what was your take on Suicide Squad? I know you were really interested in it. Firstly, I would just like to criticise Warner Brothers um, yeah, for how they came out afterwards. I know I did this on my uh, personal social media, but yeah, so they came out with a rather snippy press release saying that they regretted being put in a position where they had to release this trailer because it had been leaked. Now, for my mind, there are millions, and I don't think that's an exaggeration of people across the world that are really dying to see Suicide Squad how, what direction it's going, how it looks at this stage. And 
to try and dismiss it, saying that they were trying to set up something exclusive for those that were at Comic-Con is a nonsense for me. I understand that these people pay huge amounts of money and wait in ridiculously long lines. I mean, you guys just experienced Scottish Comic-Con. I guess you can multiply that by 100 when you go to San Diego. It is probably manic. And so, yeah, they, they do deserve some kind of reward. But to try and keep something like that so secretive when there are millions of fans pining to see it, I'm sorry, but screw you, Warner Brothers. It needs to extend beyond Comic-Con. And that was the first thing that I felt when I read their press release once it was released in all its HD glory. Uh, Ran over. The trailer itself, perfection. I know there's been an ongoing debate about Jared Leto as the Joker, and there are still so many butthurt fanboys out there that just will not like it because it's not Heath Ledger, because it's not Jack Nicholson. Screw the lot of them. I think... Jared Leto's very short, chilling performance was on point. It was phenomenal. But for me, it wasn't actually Jared Leto that stole the show. Harley Quinn. Oh my god. I. To, they showed so much of Harley Quinn that um, I honestly expect her to be a lot more of a star of the show than perhaps even the Joker. I just thought she was perfect. She just had that extreme balance of sexy and psychotic, of strong versus vulnerable uh, I really can't wait to see what they're going to do with her because she horrified me and appealed to me on so many different levels and yeah I fanboy moment over I guess I'll pass on to someone else but I really really liked it <laughs> I've actually got input for this constructive input Ooh, man, you go, oh Stephen. my god I found the trailer extremely creepy it's it meant actually to... no it was this, I mean I like the song I started a joke and I heard that play and Harley Quinn, oh my god, if like that me she is perfect. Like she she is you know, the actress, I don't know her name, who plays Marco her. Robbie. Marco Robbie. Yeah, oh. but, but no, it was she was brilliant. I it, she actually creeped me out, like this whole stage of psychotic back to you know, it's like she seemed all normal at the beginning. And then when the trailer carried on and then you could see the like psychotic side of her and oh my god, Joker. I, I mean I loved Heath Ledger Joker, but no, that was just creepy. That that was like the most creepiest joke I've probably ever heard. And that, that actually sent chills down my spine. It was brilliant. I absolutely loved that trailer. And I, I'm actually looking forward to Suicide Squad when I showed no interest beforehand. Mm, good stuff. So, like, o- overall, we've got Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. You've got Jared Little as the Joker. What, uh, for Scott and Steph, what about any of the other characters? Was there anybody else that stood out for you? I've never really been a fan of Will Smith's casting as Deadshot. I have nothing against Will Smith. I think he's a fantastic actor. But there's a slight conflict for me because having been introduced to Deadshot and Arrow, I thought the guy that played Deadshot there created, again, a really unbalanced uh, character, whereas Will Smith's version of Deadshot seems to be very much self-aware, seems to be very almost deflated, that statement, you know, so we're the patsies, the suicide... Squad. The, th- the thing I was, know, I, this, this, they said the same uh, character, so Deadshot, said the same line within the TV show. Yeah, but to me, it seems like the actor who played Deadshot in Arrow was so much better than Will Smith. Like, he was Deadshot in my eyes, and so he didn't really appeal to me, like, Will Smith didn't appeal to me in Suicide Squad. I think, I think it's something you got to watch more... You know, you need to actually watch it and not yeah, just the trailer to get your opinion on Deadshot. For me, I'm yeah. a bit iffy because yeah. I thought the actor in Arrow did a superb job as playing Deadshot. So, 
I like what they're doing with Deadshot. The the thing was, like, I I was first introduced to Deadshot from TV wise in Smallville, um, in the later seasons. I I liked him. I, I liked the kind of take on it, and they had the same. It's a similar sort of character that they had with an arrow. So I I can I am kind of conflicted as well with Will Smith. When I hear Will Smith, I see especially with a shooting aspect, I see um sort of Men in Black and Wild Wild West. Probably not the best things to try and imagine when we're seeing psychotic behaviour happening to having the iconic actor. He, he, I feel he's a bit too big for this film, but this is going to be a massive film anyway. Now, in, ter- in terms of the other ones, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, you don't really see much of Killer Croc. I thought it was quite interesting. They had him almost in a kind of Hannibal Lecter pose <laughs> yeah, uh, that, in the yeah. trailer. That yeah. was odd. I guess my one gripe, and it's not really from the trailer, but it comes from the wider casting of Suicide Squad, where the hell is Deathstroke? I'm really irritated that they haven't included Deathstroke in the Suicide Squad. Maybe they have a reason that they've explained somewhere that I haven't read, but uh, to me he is an integral part of Suicide Squad, and I don't understand his absence. What happens if if he's in there as just Slade Wilson, and then, you know, they tease him, and then he comes in another DC movie? Uh, you know, I'm going to be pissed off if they redo, uh, was it Deathstroke? Because I think he is, the actor plays a Maro is absolutely brilliant, and I'd hate to see anyone else yeah. play that role. So, so my, been... my point on that then is the fact of, because of how well Deathstroke was actually played with an arrow, I don't know if they'll bring him into the Suicide Squad at all. That's a shame. Because... I think he's better suited in the Arrow universe. I, I know he's Suicide Squad. Clearly got a couple of people that really enjoy, uh, enjoyed the trailer for Suicide Squad. Eleanor, what about yourself? Well, I'm not going to lie. The trailer did nothing to pique my interest, I must say. I'm not really bothered about watching this film. That's not to say, though, that I can't say anything about the trailer. Um, Harlequin. I've never seen Harlequin look like that before, so I was interested in her as a character. Am I right in thinking that the Joker is supposed to be frightening? You're supposed to be frightened of the Joker. Yes, yes. yes she's every like film, you're psychopath. Supposed, yeah, you're supposed to be afraid of what he's going to do, or you know. And I've never been frightened of the Joker in any other film that I've seen. But then you see Jared Leto in this trailer, and you can't really see him apart from when you see that one clip of his face. He's kind of like, oh, who is he? What? Who's that? And then. When he tells you how he's gonna not kill you, just hurt you a lot, I'm I'm like, oh my he's goodness. He's talking to Harley he's... Quinn. Well, it doesn't really matter who he's talking to. That was frightening, and that's how the Joker should be. It doesn't matter how he looks or how how he dresses or anything. He portrayed frightening for that, and then for me, that that makes him the Joker. Whatever anyone else says. When it comes to the other cast members of Suicide Squad. I have no knowledge of the comics whatsoever. I don't know who's supposed to be in it, who's not supposed to be in it, or what they're supposed to be like. But when they introduce in the trailer that this is supposed to be a band of the worst people that they try and get together with powers, the worst kind of people to try and do something good, but they're not easily controlled. And then I see Will Smith pop up. Now, I I love Will Smith, but I only ever see him as the good guy. Even in roles where he plays not so good a guy, he's still sort of a good guy. <laughs> right. So to see him as a character that's supposed to be bad, it's just not doing it for me just now. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to reserve, I'm, I'm going to reserve my judgment for the film, obviously. I'm not going to judge him too much now, but this trailer still makes me think of Will Smith as no. the 
but yeah, like there wasn't much of him in the trailer, but then I still, I just still just see him as the good guy and I can't see him as anything else until I'm proved wrong. So I'm hoping that when I do see this film, he does a good job of it. I'm not saying that he won't and I'm not worried that he won't, but I just, you know, he's going to have to give, like do some convincing for me. And that's about that really. I mean, Harley Quinn looks psychotic and, and pulls it off quite well. And yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good film. I'm just not, any more interested than I was. So, like, just from what you're saying, you're not that much of a comic book fan. Sorry about that. I'm a comic book fan, but right, I'm and, a fan of the major comics specifically. Yeah. What, what, what I mean is, you, you're not invested within the characters that are within no, I read this them. film. Yeah. So, would you say, as being not a major fan, would as quite a lot of the um, sort of people that will, they're trying to aim at the more fan-based people for this unlike batman versus superman you've got um everybody knows who batman and superman are and they're throwing in extra characters in that point what they're trying to do for this film is they're trying to introduce everybody to as many villains as possible in one go and that 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 way then they i suppose they can do a good job of it with this cast lineup yeah um dan you were saying that you had a counter Oh, okay. So, um, Ellen, I was saying she doesn't see Will Smith playing Deadshot because he's always playing the good guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this, uh, there's a shot in the trailer where De- Deadshot's holding a little girl, and I can only assume that's his daughter. And that makes me think they're trying to play Deadshot off as a sympathetic villain this time. He does the same thing. Yeah, but that's what I was universe. saying that he was. He looks like a good guy, and still that shot of him holding who we maybe assume is his daughter, still makes me think of him as a good guy. Well, maybe they want you to think of it like that. Maybe that's true, but then I'd still see him overall as the good guy, so it wouldn't be like he's it wouldn't be like he's some sort of major villain who deserves a place in the Suicide Squad, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand now, I'm sorry. Yeah. Watch Arrow. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, the Deadshot, because he is... He's... Because I know they had Suicide Squad and Arrow, and I know Deadshot, he he was a villain, but he wasn't as bad as the other villains. So he's supposed to be like that, based on what well, the comics have written him as? I don't know, I don't know, because I haven't read the comics, but from what okay. I gather from Arrow, he's not like a true villain, he's, yeah, okay, he is a villain, but he's not, I think he's more like... Essentially, essentially Deadshot is a, an assassin for hire. Yeah, mercenary. He is, st- he is still a... Uh, um, person of a uh, human intent and uh, values he's got very strong family values so the fact that, of you will get that aspect of he is there for the family but because he's so good at killing and so um like relentless to kill he, he will it's one of those characters if he's given a target he will take out that target and he can shoot you from anywhere why market the Suicide Squad then as the baddest of the bad of supervillains? Because not just... he's, he's a good shot. No, I know he's a good shot, right? But why why not put all the bad villains in there, one wee Suicide Squad, but then call Deadshot what he is. it Deadshot? Yeah, Deadshot. Call Deadshot what he is then, and just a guy who's really good with a gun. Really good at his job. Yeah, but if he's, he's an still... assassin for hire, then... Yeah, but he's still evil for being assassin for hire. Okay, so that's just kind of covered the DC slate of Comic-Con. We've got next uh, Deadpool. 
personally really really looking forward to Deadpool I'm a big fan of uh, Deadpool's comics I know that Ryan Reynolds who's playing Deadpool is definitely a big fan and was disappointed in the X-Men uh, Wolverine Origins Scott, I know you're also a fan of the Deadpool comic. What did you think to the trailer that was released? I enjoyed it. I'll start by saying that. I thought character is very true to the comics. Um, it's that same blend of rather immature humour and ruthless uh, action, I guess. So in that sense, I really enjoyed it. I really quite enjoyed Ryan Reynolds. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was a very obvious poke at Green Lantern. Uh, don't be <laughs> yes. super suit green. I thought that was perfect because, yeah, let's be honest, Green Lantern was awful. And I think Ryan Reynolds knows that Green Lantern was awful. I agree with him. I didn't really particularly like Deadpool as we've seen him in the origin story because that's not the Deadpool I know. I haven't read the entire Deadpool comic series, so I don't know the transition of the character, I guess. But the Deadpool that I know and love is that very violent, immature character that I thought Ryan Reynolds pulls off very well in the trailer. I've heard a few people commenting on this, and I guess Steph will perhaps be one of them going forward. I do agree that some of the humour was a little... I don't know, it reminded me of the old American Pie films, or Road Trip films, or Van Wilder films, I guess, since it was Ryan Reynolds himself in that. It feels a little bit immature at points, over and above what the comic is. It felt as if it was perhaps trying a little too hard to be funny. And I don't want to steal too much of Steph's thunder here because I guess she's going to make some similar arguments. But it's a common criticism that I've heard a few people making. And despite being a fan of the comics and despite looking forward to the film, I can't help but agree with it. Okay, so what about... Eleanor, what do you think of the trailer? Um, well, the one that I saw was very, very a bad copy of it. But I got the gist. Uh... I don't know anything about the comics, so I can't comment on to how well I think it's been portrayed from the comics. My first introduction to the Deadpool character was with X-Men. So trying to put the two together or link them in any way, I don't understand this character. So, But I assume that with the film, we're going to get introduced to exactly how he gets his powers. Um, I'm interested as well in the fact that this is going to be R-rated. Now, we're used to all the comic book films being applicable to, you know, taking your children to see them. But it'd be nice to have a bit of a break. I know it's been a while. Obviously, the Blade films were 18s as far as I know. But you've not really had superhero films that were not suitable for children. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it in that respect. Other than that, I can't really say much. I mean, the trailer was kind of like... I kind of cringe at that humour sometimes even though I did watch the American Pie films. Like Scott said, I like Ryan Reynolds. He's a really good actor. <laughs> the one part of the, the trailer that I did actually like, though, was the joke where he said, I wear red so that the, the people can't see me bleed. See, this guy's got the right idea. You know, he's wearing brown pants. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that, was, that was good. But yeah, you know, it was a teaser trailer. We'll see more soon, I assume. And then maybe I'll have a different opinion. Yeah. Um, well, De- Deadpool actually comes out in February. Uh, next, it's February next year that it comes out, so interesting so steph i know that earlier on you were mentioning that uh you did not like in fact i'll let you go on with it um i didn't like the trailer i turned it off 30 seconds towards the end i find it cringeworthy i don't find it funny i i, I haven't read the deadpool comics and i mean i i i also see deadpool in x-men but i didn't like the trailer i thought it was trying too hard to be funny and it's like this whole american thing i don't find american comedy that funny because to me it, they try too hard and I mean, yeah, it was only what a short trailer, but it was just cringeworthy. It wasn't funny, and yeah, there's nothing appealing to me about Deadpool at all. If anything, it's just made me put me off completely of watching it. And it, it to me, it feels like you know, because Spider-Man's got that sarcastic side to him, 
and so forth. And it's like, yeah, this is our answer to Spider-Man when DC, well, you know, Sony Entertainment's had him. This is our answer to him. We just bring Deadpool along, make him a bit more immature and put pull some really crap jokes from American Pie and so forth. And yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And I bet, I bet Dan hates me now. <laughs> well, yeah. You're entitled to your opinion, Steph. That's, that's a no, but, valid opinion. No, I, I just don't like it. I mean, it looked, you know, it, it it's one of those films, yeah, okay, I might, you know, if one of you go watch it and tell me, oh, actually, it's not as bad as the trailer, then I might go watch it. But at the moment, it just put me of completely watching it. Fair, fair enough. And, this is the first sort of trailer that we've got anyway uh, from it. Um, sorry, what were you going to finish, though? I, I was going to say, but I... Because it would be interesting to see from your perspective, actually reading comics, uh, in the movie, will he actually match what it's like in the comics? Because I've got nothing against Deadpool, but that movie, I think it's going to make me hate him. <laughs> okay, well, that's fair, fair enough. Like the, the aspect that I really enjoy about Deadpool is the fact that he breaks that fourth wall. Now, when I, I talk about breaking the fourth wall, it's he's talking to the audience, because um, not I don't, not a lot of people understand that sort of aspect. So, um, so it's called breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. 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 So what he'll do is within the or what I've seen within the comics is he'll be standing talking to someone, and uh, one of the latest ones that I read, I can't remember the name of it, but um, he's telling this a story of what happened and his sort of origin story to the courts and but he continues this story as he goes into the next frame and the other characters that are around him turn around and go what the hell are you talking about because what he's doing he's now talking within the frame he's the only character within the sort of comic book universe that knows he's in a comic book hence why he acts so immature and why he um, plays up and you, he starts talking to the audience at random times. So you will probably get him turning around to the screen, looking directly at the camera, saying whatever he wants to say at particular points, which will... It's a really big change in sort of films and things. You'll get that with comedies, though, as well, where um, the actors and things will turn around and look to make a sort of suggestive point to the audience. Um, but it'll be a bit more than that. Is that kind of like Chandler's blooper reel from Friends the other day? Yes. <laughs> Uh, so so it's similar to that. But Dan, uh, what about you? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. <laughs> Plain that? and simple. I like Deadpool. I've watched the cartoons. I've seen Ryan Reynolds play him in X-Men Origins. And I thought he was really good in the beginning. But then they screwed him up in the end with the, what they did to him. But I think he's the right man to play the role. And I'm happy that he's been given a second chance to do it properly this time. This trailer reminds me a lot of the com- of the humour you get in the Deadpool video game, which came out a few years back. Uh, I enjoyed it, probably because I'm immature and young, but, well, I, I like it. The jokes, they appeal to me. I like them. Uh, yeah, I like that little one where he was like, oh, I wear red so they don't see me bleed. I'm happy to see that they're doing the whole fourth, breaking the fourth wall thing. I was worried they might cut that out because it might be too complex, but I lo- I'm happy to see it in this film. One thing that's upset me, though, and they have announced that this won't be in the film, is that he's not going to be a... Schizophrenic. Yeah. He's not going to be talking to his other, to his inner self or anything like he does in the, from what I've seen of him doing it in the Deadpool video game and one Deadpool comic I managed to get my hands on. But uh, I, I think that adds to his character. Uh, it shows that he's broken on the behind the red suit. He is broken. He's just a man who had cancer who wanted to stop himself from dying, and so he underwent treatment and it made him go mad. Uh, but 
I suppose they can't do everything in these films because it might just come off as cheesy and weird. The main villain in the film is Ajax, though. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Because- I enjoyed it. I've always liked the Deadpool character. I've liked him from uh, comics. I've read various different editions of Deadpool. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's ha- actually going to uh, overcome. And I can understand why they wouldn't put in the sort of schizophrenic aspect of Deadpool because this is going to be one of the first R-rated films that they're bringing out for a long time. They're going to be putting in a lot of different types of comedy and acts of violence within it as well so they don't want to overload the audience with what they're uh, trying to achieve with this and you will probably see this if Deadpool is good a hit as I hope it is that we see the next sort of one and it progresses that and you do see him start talking to himself and his different personalities coming through because it would be good to see. I don't think it would be too difficult for uh, Ryan Reynolds to pull off as well jumping lots up between the different characters so that'll be good and one of the things that we could hopefully pull along is an interaction between him and the X-Men later. Because mm. yeah. like, Deadpool seems to crop up everywhere um, in different sort of comics and things, to be fair. They all kind of cross over at some point or another. But the other big release by Fox was X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, there was quite a few characters that we got to see. There seems to be an aspect of Apocalypse is actually doing a bit of uh, con- either controlling or it looks like some of the X-Men are actually working with Apocalypse, but Scott, what did you take from it? I enjoyed it, but I wasn't blown away to the same level as some of the other trailers that we've discussed already. I'm a fan of the X-Men films, I'm certainly a fan of the reboots. Uh, I like Michael Fassbender and Jason McAvoy, so seeing the two of them together, I don't know, it just it didn't quite hit me on the same level as the other trailers we've discussed. Uh, I'm looking forward to the film and I'll definitely go and see it. And I don't know if perhaps it was a case of I'd seen Suicide Squad and... Batman vs Superman before I came around to the X-Men trailer so it didn't really stand up but I think it will be a good story I think it will possibly be quite a complex relationship will develop between X and uh, Magneto I'm looking forward to seeing that Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Mystique fits into the equation as well there's a suggestion that she might be crossing over between the, the two sides but I have nothing much more to add to be honest looking forward to it but not exactly overwhelmed Fair enough. I'm kind of on the sort of same mindset as yourself. It's a case of there is that kind of. It's not been as big a boost or an, as exciting, I would say, as the other films that have been announced. Showing the X Men has always been a funny one for myself, but I'll go on to that later. What about yourself, Eleanor? What did you think of the small shot that you got? Well, this was the last trailer that I saw out of what we've talked about so far, and it's the least memorable. I'm really not even sure if I can remember exactly what I saw. There was the regular characters in there, but nothing stood out at me. Nothing blew me away. I'll see it eventually, um, because I always watch all the X-Men films eventually. I don't remember seeing Wolverine in this trailer. Am I correct in that? Correct. Yep, so that's that puzzles me. Other than that, I don't really have any feelings about it, to be honest. Like people said, it does not stand up to what we've already talked about. But then I was pleasantly surprised by Days of Future Past. I wasn't expecting that to be good, and I like that more than some of the other ones. So, you know, there's hope for me yet. Excellent. And Steph? The trailer was meh. I didn't like it. I'm an X-Men fan, and it was extremely boring. Nothing exciting about it, and it was just poor. But I look forward to seeing the film. I'm not going to go by the trailer, really, because I think the film might offer more. But the trailer was disappointing. I suppose you're right there. In, in the days of when trailers now seem to show you the whole film and you know 
no see like you know all the secrets i suppose we shouldn't grumble about watching a trailer like this. Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't. That's even more. I think the only bit was a guy getting flung on with the uh, wheelchair, and that was about it. That's the only bit I can remember. And I yeah, watched the trailer before the podcast, so um, yeah, that's that's how. Um, um, that's how much I remember of it. I can't say the other word I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Dan, did you enjoy it though? Uh, yeah, I, I like the uh, trailer. It wasn't as good as some of the others, but I still enjoyed it. One thing I have to point out, though, is does anyone see Oscar Isaac being cast as Apocalypse as a bizarre choice? I like Oscar Isaac, and I've seen him in other things like Inside Llewellyn Davis, but I do not see him pulling off like a menacing role like Apocalypse. Apocalypse is meant to be the the alpha mutant. He's meant to be stronger than them all and more powerful and menacing, and I don't see Oscar Isaac as that. Two words for you, Dan. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> Nobody seen him pulling off a menacing joker, and he was phenomenal. I wouldn't base it on more the fact of um, uh, the actual actor trying to pull off the character. I was just kind of let down by the look of Apocalypse. It was a case of, like, I've seen like sort of the illustrator aspects of in various different editions of Apocalypse, but he didn't look. I think I think it was more the look rather than the actor that didn't really do it for me. It was just a meh. They should have done it with Molecap and not made him so small. If they'd done it with Molecap, he would have been like a towering beast the way he's meant to be. Yeah, whether or not... He, I don't know much about Apocalypse myself, but to be fair, I, I will need to see the film in order to judge it. I can't judge it on what we've seen. That's the best way to kind of look at it for myself. Quick question. Do you think we might see Deadpool showing up in this film? Because I know Deadpool is set around in the 80s, and this one is set in the 80s, so there might be a bit of crossover. I don't think they're allowed to cross over because they're owned by different people. Well, no, no, they're both owned by Fox. Yeah, these two are Fox. Oh. But I don't think they're going to do that this early no, on. No, I don't think it would work. It wouldn't work. They they may do it in an aspect, sort of maybe on the next film. If, say for example, Deadpool does okay but doesn't do too well, and same with the X-Men film, they might lump the two together. Yeah. So you might get that in the film after that, but I don't think you'll get that this early on. Because from from what uh, Ryan Reynolds has been tweeting and things like that, there's not been any talk uh, of crossovers or anything like that at all. Well, what about in the Wolverine in the the last Wolverine then? Because I know that Wolverine and Deadpool have a I don't know, they call it a relationship. Not a, I mean they have a relationship where Deadpool always berates uh, Wolverine and makes him you know get really. Uh, angry. Uh, well, you do have that. I honestly but... think they'll struggle um, to put the two in a crossover, given that they've already introduced Deadpool in the X Men universe in a not so good way, and they've already got other discrepancies in the X Men universe because they released the film so long ago and then decided to tidy up their mess and then change characters. And I already think there's so many different things in the X Men franchise that are a little bit wrong that trying to put Deadpool as he is now portrayed correctly in the X-Men films it just wouldn't sit right with non-comic book fans uh, well, so it might be a risky move fr- from that just from the sort of last film so the Days of Future Past changed essentially the progress of it and the other side of things is the next Wolverine film is Old Man Logan so it's going to have to be set quite a bit in the future because of how long it takes for Logan to actually age mm-hmm. so 
the same thing applies with Deadpool, so if you get that aspect, you could technically have the two of them within the same film, but it depends on how far they want to go away from the comic book. Yeah. Because yeah, old man Logan is brilliant. don't think Deadpool's humour really sits well with the X-Men universe as it is. I think it would be a bad move for from a filmmaking perspective. In the aspect of it being an R-rated film, though, the way that Old Man Logan is done, you you could see it as a quite a violent film, especially on some of the scenes. I'll, I won't digress, but it, mm. they'll struggle to do what they've done in the comic because the uh, production rights and things like of different characters. So the final section of today's podcast, I'm going to hand it over to each individual member of the team to go through one topic that they are definitely looking forward to coming up in the future. So Scott, kick it off. Probably since we've discussed most of the movie things that excited me, Heroes Reborn. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Heroes franchise when it was out originally. Season 1 of Heroes is still probably one of the best debut seasons of TV I've ever watched. And I include some classics in that like Lost and Prison Break and probably even The X-Files. It captivated me and it sort of emerged in in an era before this Marvel Cinematic Universe really started to to rise up and take over. I was really quite saddened when they cancelled it, but seeing how much viewing numbers had declined from season one to season four i wasn't surprised but they set up such a fantastic finale to season four which i won't discuss in detail as a result of spoilers but they set up such an excellent future direction and i was quite pleased seeing the full length trailer that we got from the comic-con panel that suggests they are building on that narrative and they're going to keep discussing what happens in a post-season 4 universe. Um, I'm perhaps in the minority, but I'm also really quite glad that we're moving away from some of the characters that were present in the first four seasons. So Claire's Hayden Panettiere's Claire, Peter Petrelli or Emilio Ventimiglia. These were characters that kind of started to annoy me towards the end, so I'm, I'm kind of glad to see that we're moving in a slightly different direction although I will confess that I'm going to miss Zachary Quinto and Siler. Yeah, the trailer itself, it, it sets up a really exciting story, although I do see some similarities between the new direction of heroes and some stuff that's been done in the X-Men in terms of rounding up people with powers or abilities. There is quite a similarity there, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to tackle that and make it slightly different. I'm glad to see come, people coming back, such as uh, God, Jack Coleman playing Noah Bennett, uh, Greg Grunberg playing Matt Parkman, and apparently playing a slightly darker Mark, Matt Parkman. I'm looking forward to seeing these characters coming back and blending in with the new cast. The one question I would ask, and I'm probably not alone in this, we've seen Arrow, we've seen The Flash, we've seen Daredevil, we've even seen the slightly lesser things such as Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Can something like Heroes now really compete with these really successful high-end? Or is the fact that it's not based on an existing comic universe going to give it that slight edge? Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with it. And yeah, for me, it was probably one of the highlights of Comic-Con. So just just going on that then, Scott, the going on the sort of premise of Heroes, the, there was still a big following. Every, everybody did enjoy it. I know that viewer numbers declined, but I, I kind of... Personally, I did lose interest with the content of season four for heroes um i know that you were a big big fan of it scott with the character so i i didn't enjoy claire's character it was just a bit she grated on me at times yeah so with her being out of it and them bringing in the characters that i did like so i did like noah liked matt and i I really liked hero's storyline as well so to see them coming back into this new one and giving it a bit of continuity from for the new one. It will bring a lot of the older fans back in. It'll take a sort of peek for, from the newer fans going, oh, what is this? Because there is this mass amount of superheroes 
and comic yeah. book. Uh, these guys are not classed as superheroes. They've got they're people with new abilities. They're yeah. not they've yeah. not been branded that superhero aspect. I know I that, that was... they they've stated in the like so uh, trailer, where are the heroes? They've all yeah. gone into hiding. They're all getting killed off and things like that because people are scared. And as you said, it's a kind of similar aspect on X Men. But there should, I think, there's going to be an overall premise that it will be able to compete because it's a different style. Yeah, I think uh, when I watched the Comic Con panel, I seen an interview afterwards with uh, Greg Grunberg, the actor that plays Matt Parkman, and he said the same kind of thing that you know these are this is something that's happening to everyday people with normal lives and they're experiencing this for the first time, and that's what sets it apart from something that's so enhanced as something like. X-Men. The one other thing I wanted to mention quickly was that the announcement of Heroes Reborn that they've brought out isn't just a case of this new TV series that's going to be emerging. You know, I think the, the TV series is emerging because we've seen the success of other things, such as 24 coming back. Uh, you know, there's other things that are set to be launched, and I think we might discuss this in a later podcast. The X-Files being one that particularly excites me, and if you haven't seen today's trailer, dear God, I mean, go watch it. It's awesome. It is. Uh, but any, uh, anyway, the, so yeah, the I think Tim Kring, the creator of Heroes, recognised that a lot of the people that watched Heroes didn't necessarily do so on TV. It was the most downloaded show of anything that was on TV at the time, and that included Breaking Bad for a slight period. Yeah. Um, when people weren't watching it live on TV, they were downloading it and watching it online. And, and the online figures at that new time Heroes, are not there. Yeah, exactly. So the new Heroes that's coming out it isn't just this TV series. There is currently an app available. Unfortunately, it is only available in the US at the moment, but you can still see the episodes. So it's Heroes Reborn app. If you go onto YouTube and look for Dark Matters, it's like a prequel video. They're just very short, six, seven minute videos, which set up one of the characters that's going to appear in the new series. And it sort of gives you that overlap between the previous season of four and the new season coming up. And they're also about to release two video games. And the two video games, one of them is going to be released, which is Gemini, I think it's called, which will be for Xbox One, PS4 and PC, which allows you to play as one of the characters that's going to appear in the new series. And there's another one that's been released for tablet and mobile phone. I can't remember the name of that one, I'm afraid. But yeah, there's two games being released in essence that give you, again, a lot more information that connects the old series to what's coming next. And I also think, just finally, there's going to be about six or seven ebooks that are coming out as well, or graphic novels perhaps. I'm not quite sure what format they're going to be, but there is such a wealth of material being released for Heroes Reborn. Uh, any Heroes fan that's not excited by it, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Good note to finish on there, Scott. So, uh, Eleanor, what about yourself? What's your topic? Well, like I said before, I didn't really watch much of Comic-Con or really be informed about anything that came out of it, really. However, <laughs> whenever I hear The Walking Dead mentioned, my ears prick up. I'm like a dog that's heard walkies. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so... I saw a clip um, on the internet about Lucille, um, a certain character within The Walking Dead that's well known to fans of the comics, being introduced to some cast members. And my thoughts now are, is this lining up for the next season? And if so, who's going to meet Lucille? I got a theory. Shit. Glenn. I reckon it is Glenn. Because he's been too close to death so many times in The Walking Dead, and any character who's been close to death has died. So I think it's Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Would that be too obvious? Or fans of the Darryl. comics, fan. Well, Daryl's not in the comics, so we never know what's going to happen with him exactly. at all. They could kill him off. They could keep him in. He's a well-loved character, but then would they be cruel enough to to get rid of him? I don't know because the co- because the show is now steered away so far from the comics. 
yet is also coming back to the comics, it could go anywhere. And that's why I like this show above an awful lot of others that are based on books or um, something that's Any adaptations. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah, I was, I mean, yeah. Walking Dead does it for me. So a- anybody else that's uh, is listening is a big fan of uh, the Walking Dead comics. You know who Lucille is, and uh, you know who you know who meets her. Yeah, uh, there, there'll be a, a few things that are really looking forward to. And just on that note, the uh, show Fear the Walking Dead looks like it will be really good. I've seen the trailer for that, and it I should still be out. Quite Hasn't got Rick in it. No. It's rubbish. <laughs> is that because Rick goes topless and you like him as well? I do like Rick actually. <laughs> Andrew Lee is a phenomenal that. actor. I'm so oh, glad that he's got given such a part like this. He is, especially when he can put an American accent on and be a British actor. I know, I know. And he's good looking, especially Super. when he shaved off his beard. So, <laughs> Steph, <laughs> because you, you do enjoy topless actors, I believe you're interested in talking about Arrow's news. Arrow news, right. What we learned is that we're getting Mr. Terrific joining and he is being played by Echo Kellum. This is and hot off he... the press, people. Hot off the press. Yeah, it's hot off the press. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, he is going to be, from what I know, the first openly gay character in any modern-day movie. Uh, was it a superhero comic slash movie, as in, you know, the um, TV shows? So and I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm getting there eventually, um, which I'm actually quite excited about because we've not had an, an opportunity to see how, you know, I, I'm interested to see how they're going to introduce him. Like how, is he going to come out, you know, and glitz and go, I'm gay as soon as he enters Arrow? But uh, no, so that'd be interesting. And he's um, going to play, uh, I think he's, um, he's going to be working with Felicity Smoke because he is a tech-based superhero. Yep. So, I mean, he, he seems like an interesting character and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the show and see what he's going to add to Arrow's little team. I'm also interested to see how, because Ar- I know Arrow is changing into Green Arrow, so it'd be quite quite nice to see his transformation because apparently the show's going to get a bit more tamer with um, Oliver Queen himself. Yeah, it's meant to be going in the lines of a slightly lighter because of how successful yeah, no, Flash it was has so, been. Yeah, because I know how Dark Arrow's been. And yeah. I know, I, I did read that season four is going to be much more lighter, which would be nice when they do another crossover with The Flash. Yeah, to cheer them up a bit. I know. On that then, uh, there is also then they're bringing in uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which will include characters from uh, both series uh, later oh, on. But the, oh, I've got to mention there's a new villain coming into Arrow as well. Oh, um, what one? A-R-K-Y, Anarchy. Ah. Right. Um. And <laughs> also, from what I'm reading from a news article from TV Line, is that Anarchy is um is going to join Arrow, and he's a DC comic villain and most pitted against Batman. Yep. Did you just say Anarchy? Yes. He's in Arkham Origins. Yep. Yeah, but apparently we might see him in Arrow. And it's getting played by Kid uh, Edge. Ad, Ad Alexander. Oh no. Calvert. No. Yeah, Ed, Edge. Edge is coming into it though, because that was announced yeah. yesterday. Who does Edge play? Ah, sorry, he's going to be playing Atom Smasher. Atom Smasher in season two of the Flash. Oh, Flash! I, I, ah. I knew there was Flash news. I knew there was Flash news, and yep. that was your Flash news. Yep. That's fine then. That means I don't have to watch Arrow because I don't yes, like. Yes, you do. Flash. You have to watch okay. Arrow. And so Flash. you just need to watch season together. one of the Flash, and then yeah. Right. Okay, that's fine. Dan for comic comic book news. Well, it's not really comic book news. <laughs> Just comic uh, news. <laughs> okay, comic news. Okay, 
So um, I was watching the DC animated uh, universe panel and they were on about Justice League, God and Monsters, which is a good film, by the way. Watched it the other day. But um, anyway, Bruce Tim decides he's going to step on the stage and Bruce Tim has announced that next year he is going to be adapting one of the most beloved Batman comics into an animated film. Which Batman comic is that? It's none other than Batman the Killing Joke. Now, uh, that is one of the few comics I have actually read, as I don't have, can't get easy access to comics where I am. Yes, 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 I've been told that many times. But I love the, I love the killing joke. It really sets up the character of the Joker perfectly, shows his background, where he came from, and why he is what he is. And I'm really looking forward to this, and I hope that they cast Mark Hamill to play the Joker. Because for the past 10 years, Mark Hamill has been banging on about doing the killing joke and that he he just wants to do it. And if the moment they announce it, he wants to be in on it. So I hope they get him and Kevin Conroy to come together one more time for one last, you know, one last Batman film to send Mark Hamill off with a bang. Because uh, if you don't know this already, this is a spoiler for Arkham Knight, but he did he does return in Arkham Knight to play the Joker. I won't explain how, but um. Anyway, I think this would be a brilliant. This would be a brilliant way to send Hamill off. It would, you know, really be, uh, complete his legacy as the Joker. And I think that he brings he brings something really interesting to the part because Mark Hamill is the Joker in my opinion. I, mean, I don't. He's not the psychopathic Joker. He's the Joker. He has the voice. And I know Paul doesn't say their mannerisms, but mannerisms is in the laugh and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm just look really looking forward to this, and that made my day when I saw that the uh, saw that come up on Facebook the other morning. I was like, yeah. What was that scream about? I can't say. Right, right excellent. So I've had my two cents on everybody else's uh, points, so I will leave it at that. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, I've got to make a geeks game apology. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yes, yeah, so do I. Yeah, um, I apologise to anyone who listened to the podcast and heard me slagging off Destiny. <laughs> I have been playing Destiny for the past week, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and I'm enjoying being a level 34 now. So I apologise so much for slagging off Destiny and bashing it so hard. Yep. Um, I will also make the same apology when I, I did bash it. I did... To be fair, I didn't enjoy it when I played it the first time. I have now given it more time, effort, and I've been playing it for now uh, two weeks uh, properly. It drives me insane. He gets to play oh. with me, though. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not trying to deny you that pleasure of him <laughs> <laughs> helping you out. At, uh... Oh, oh, he helped me out. Excuse me. <laughs> so, so that, uh, anyway, that, that is a, a, it's, a, it's an in, enjoyable game. It's not if if you were essentially back um one of the major fan people of the E3 announcement of Destiny the original uh, E3 announcement of Destiny you were let down I didn't yeah. pick it up at that point I picked it up later on put it away played my other games and came back to it within the past two weeks Bungie redeemed themselves with the updates yeah but and that's our apology yes that <laughs> that is it for geeks and gamers this week please uh please tune into our page on uh facebook at geeks and gamers we've also got twitter youtube uh soundcloud and itunes now so um make sure you tune in somewhere at least um and have some fun and we'll catch you next time everybody see you good night good night i won't be on next week i won't be on next week i'll be in the wunderbar land of deutschland going to a festival so uh 
have fun think about me getting drunk at festival okay guys uh thanks for listening and i have to say if you've been listening to us since the beginning what the hell is wrong with you (laughs) i'm only joking guys thanks for listening this week and i hope we see you next week have a nice week guys how can you see something from a podcast Buenas noches, guten Nacht, bon nuit, and good night. Because I'm a pretentious person. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know what you nearly said there. <laughs> yes. And uh, just a nod from Luke and uh, Grady. Hopefully they'll be able to join us next week. We have missed those guys uh, for their input. Right, catch us all later.